Hello, I'm Fern Cotton and this is Happy Place, the show that knows real growth can come from the darkest places. Today, I'm chatting to Jess Glynn. Losing a friend, I think, has done a job. Like, I'm not that Jess from before the night that that happened. You just don't see life the same ever again. And I think what it really has taught me is life is about making choices for your own happiness. And that's not selfish. That's actually just doing the right thing. It's one of those things where because of like that tragedy and then going through therapy and then kind of coming out the other side, now I feel like, okay, I got this, because what's the worst that could happen? Jess made history by becoming the first British female solo artist to score seven number ones in the UK singles chart. Her two platinum-selling albums were both number one records too. Now she's back with her most personal music to date. Her new album is called Jess, and it's a real deep dive into who she is, what she's been through, and how she's feeling. I absolutely love her single Enough, which I think is a song we all need to really take heed of. Listen to those lyrics and believe it. I first met Jess when she came into the live lounge. I think it was about either 2013 or 2014 and she was with Clean Bandit. They were in the live lounge and she was on their featuring track. And I think all of us were just like, wow, who's this? That voice is amazing. And then I met Jess many times over the years in the live lounge, different music events, and also personally, because there's also an incredibly sad reason we're connected to. So one of our really brilliant mutual friends died really suddenly. So the last time I saw Jess was sadly at her funeral. And I I wasn't sure at the time of doing this chat if we'd walk into that territory, if we would talk about our mate Lindell, but it very naturally came up and it was um it was really lovely to be able to share some memories with Jess, but also to hear how grief has galvanised her. So we chatted about how death can change your outlook on life, why forgiving ourselves and each other is so important, and why it's really, really okay to not be anything or anyone else but you. Right, here we go. This is the show. Hi, Jess Glynn. Hi there. I love your new song. Do you? Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> I love it. There's a line in the chorus that says, I'm more than enough. That is right, yeah. How do you get to that place? Do you know what? Um, that song was a real journey. And I think it's crazy because I'd been on such a, a break, right? Because COVID had happened and then was in lockdown. And then I was like burnt out from tour and I didn't want to see a studio or a microphone or anything. And then they kind of lifted the rules and we went into the studio. And so much time had passed and it was like, well, for me anyway, because I'd been on the road for like seven years. So six months felt like a long time. And we went into the studio and there was like this self-reflection day because there was like, there was, was it six of us? Yeah, about six of us of like, who just came together and we were like, oh, you survived, are you all right? Were you okay? <laughs> Humans. Yeah, we were all like, oh my God, what have you been through? How are you feeling? And everyone kind of was talking about what they'd been through and where we like, what was going on and how we were feeling. 
And I was obviously talking about my struggles and my like, you know, my ins and outs of what I was going through with work, with personal life. And it was just this kind of really nice moment of people reassuring each other, you're all right. And you know what, you got this. Like, are you allowed to swear on this? Of course, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, fuck that. <laughs> was like, oh, and it was just one of those like, literally like not in a nasty way, but like kind of fuck what everyone thinks and like, you're all good, like do you? And like that reassurance of like, you're good enough to do what you want, Jess. Yeah. And everyone as well in the room. So it was really, yeah, it was one of those moments. Not many of us feel like that. I think it takes such work to get mm. to a place where you go, I am enough. Even if I never do anything ever again, I am enough as I am. I think most of yeah. us feel really battered by whether it's outside commentary yeah. from other people or just stuff that we've been through. Yeah. So prior to you feeling like I'm good, I'm enough, where mm. were you at? Do you know what? I think I was in a, I was on a roller coaster. I think it was that I'd been on the road, I'd released album one and then that had gone crazy and then two and then that had gone crazy and it was amazing. And I think pre going in for this album, I genuinely think I'd like lost myself a bit. Cause I was like, oh, what do I want to say? Who am I? And it's mad cause I wrote this song and I swear this song set the tone. It just made me realize, okay, I know where I'm going. And I think it was, I mean, it's been a whole process, like I think of four years, but that was the moment I was like, this song's definitely going on the album and this is why. Because I think when you listen to the lyrics of that song, it's kind of like every lyric and every like the verses, it's like, okay, I've done this and then that's all right, but this happened, but then, okay, that was a barrier, but then like it's kind of like a push and pull the whole song. And that's kind of how I felt leading up to going back in the studio. Yeah. There was a lot of push and pull in my life. And I think with my team, I was struggling a lot to find a balance of like them understanding who I was and also being able to kind of, it's sometimes hard to execute like when you've evolved so much and having to explain yourself a lot. And it's like, I don't wanna have to keep kind of telling you where I'm at and who I am and why. And that's a draining. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. And if you don't get it, you don't get it. And I think I, I was at that point, actually, I wasn't ready to be like, if you don't get it, you don't get it. And that's OK. We can part ways. I wasn't ready then. But it was getting to that point, I think. And also, you know, you're you're in an industry, even outside of your label, you're in mm. an industry that can make you feel not enough in so many Massively. ways, whether it's pressure from your label, pressure from the industry just mm. as a whole. Also, the outside commentary from your fan base or from people listening to your music. Mm -hmm. It's pretty relentless in terms of feedback. So how mm -hmm. do you now mitigate that to, to still feel like I'm enough? I don't need yeah. to take on other people's, whether it is critique yeah. or whether it's just people asking questions that aren't particularly welcome. Yeah, it's a journey. It's definitely a journey. And it is crazy because I think <laughs> just going out to the song, I, even when I wrote this song, I still didn't have that belief system in myself. So that was kind of have a word with yourself. But then it was like it took then probably another year or two to actually get to that point where I was like, oh, you know, you're actually good enough and you're OK. And yeah, it's OK to say no. But that's such a like lot of work because, like you say, the industry is so full of like expectation. And I think also we put it on ourselves. Well, it's competitive, isn't it, as well? Yeah. So it's kind of like you're surrounded by a lot of people who are like doing the most and these perfect imageries of life and, oh, this person's doing this and that. But in, actually, it's like it's not about anyone else. It's about your journey. And it's like block out the noise and just focus on you and what makes you happy. 
but it takes a lot to get there. It took me a lot so to get there. Much. Yeah. So what else do you think helped you get there? Have you done therapy? Is it just having good people yeah. around you? I did go into therapy. So at the end of 2020, I was... So that's when I started the album. And then the, the beginning of 21, I went to America for like six to eight weeks, actually, to write, which was really great, but also a really weird experience, actually. Because that was the start of, like, my big lostness, <laughs> if that's even a word. In the wilderness. I was, yeah. I kind of went out there just on my own. And I was like, right, I'm working with some people that like, I've dreamt, like Greg Kirsten, I've dreamt of working with for, like, my whole career. But there was this imbalance. And it was that moment of, like, okay, just block out everyone and just go in and do you. And it's the first time I really did that. I'd sit in my hotel room, I would blast Joni Mitchell and go back to old records because I'd lost, like, touch with music. And listening to current music, I just couldn't connect. So I was, like, listening to loads of Joni, loads of Blue, loads of Amy, loads of Prince, mm. just to, like, feel good. <laughs> Love. Um, and also, like, I think for me, I've never, I think, been super open with, like, the world in a way. I think there's a part of me I've really kept to myself. And I think I made a decision when I was in LA to just like, Jess, tell your story, be honest, be real, and let it all like, like let it all out in this this album and like write songs that when you listen to like a Joni story, it's like a real detailed like feeling. It's like, yeah. So I just wanted to achieve that, I think. Hence why the album's called Jess. Yeah. You're putting your story out there. It's <laughs> a beautiful thing. What do you think um, led to you holding bits of yourself back previously? Like what you said before, I think there's so much kind of pressure and judgment and so much like, I mean, fame is scary, don't you think? Like you were in that spotlight early, right? weird. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know what I feel about it. Or <laughs> yeah, Most of the time I just think it's not a thing. I just crack yeah. on my life. I go to the yeah. supermarket. I do all normal things. Yeah. Just get on with it. But it is weird. It it's is. a weird feeling. And I think I only really notice a difference when I go to another country. So I'm like, I don't know, in Ibiza or whatever in the summer mm. or wherever I am. And I know that I'm completely anonymous. I go... Oh, I sort of sigh out, like, and yeah. relax, because you're not yeah. on that high alert of, mm -hmm. is someone watching me or yeah. whatever? Is gonna come? Yeah. yeah, it's mad, isn't it? So you, so there was a, a fear of judgment, would you say, holding bits of yourself back? I think I just, do you know how I could break it down? I think the best thing is to, I don't think I was ever, and I, I could only look at it now, I don't think I ever felt 100% comfortable and that's in myself in my job and everything where I felt like I know who I am like and that's not me being cliche or whatever but I genuinely feel like oh okay there's a reason why I feel like that now and it's because of the journey I've been on because I've evolved because I've done a lot of work on myself because I've been through a lot and I think looking back having had the success I've had and like been on that journey it's like I kind of know what's safe and what's not now and also I genuinely do feel like I'm in like a stable place in my life and I'm like happy with who I am which is a big thing to say it's and huge. to feel but it's but I think that's part of it and I and I wouldn't have known that back then that's why but I'm guessing that's probably why I never felt 100% like comfortable to be okay hi let's have this chat you know whereas now I feel like oh okay I can have that chat I don't think this. it's a cliche at all I think it's extremely common that most of yeah. us growing up just are trying to I remember even in the sort of in the presenting quota of mm. my career, I'd be constantly going, 
should I be a bit more like Zoe Ball, who I'm absolutely obsessed with? Or yeah. should I try and be like more Denise Van Outen in the 90s? Like, who the yeah. hell am I? And it yeah. takes you so long to work out. It's okay to not try and be anything. You can just stop trying and just, just be, go... Be firm. Just be me. Yeah. And there's going to be days where that's great and it works yeah. out and days where it's just not as great not and that's why. absolutely fine. Yeah. But it takes a lot to get there. I think I you've think done so. it quite early, actually. Do you think? Mm. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I am glad that, like, I feel... I think for me, um, so after that album process and then kind of, like, part in ways of my management and then part in ways of my record label and doing that all on your own is, like... I mean, it was incredibly hard at the time. I can't even tell you. <laughs> like, I was on, yeah, another... Yeah, in another place in my head and whatever was going on. But I think coming through it and being like, whoa, you did all of that yourself. You negotiated all of that yourself. You figured all of that out. I was like, you're all right, you know. If you can go through all of that, then you're all right. Change is so scary. Scary. Yeah, yeah you're free-falling. Because also it's like that moment of like accepting that you might not do another deal. You might not do this. You might got, you don't know what's to come. But like, I'm a very strong believer of like self-belief and like believing in what your gut says. And so I've always been like that, I think. And so I was like, no, 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 it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Yeah. So looking back now, I'm like, yeah, that's probably how I got to that. Yeah. Well, yeah. when you when you strip back everything and you're accountable and it's yeah. just you accountable for where you're going, mm -hmm. what your direction is. I think that's how you build resilience, isn't it? Because you yeah. go, all oh, right, I, like you said, you got through that yeah. and you're in a good place with yeah. teams that you want to work with. Yeah, like handpicked. Because it's like you, you then, I guess I was in a position of like, oh, okay, I can choose who I want to work with and I can, if someone makes, like if there's a connection and it was like this family has just grown around me and it's it's actually beautiful because it's like, oh, that's all come from me. Yeah. But and from making those decisions and what have you. And so it's like, I'm now surrounded by such incredible people that like, you know, we've built this new foundation and it's like, album's ready and we're like, you know, it's it has been a process. But yeah. Also to say as well, I think part of that, you know, losing a friend in the middle of that, I think has done a job. Yeah. Because that was... Just before I actually chose to leave my management and my label, and it was like that moment of that loss and that like kind of, it was quite tragic for me. I think that opened my eyes to like make choices for your own happiness because life is short. Oh, yeah. God. Sorry, yeah. I mean, totally. I mean, just for context for the listeners, this is a friend that was a mutual friend of us who... It was. Was I, And I was wondering this morning, I actually spoke to Lindell's partner yeah. that she left behind, Tom. And I said, look, I'm meeting Jess. Mm. The subject will probably turn to Lindell at some point yeah. because she was such a huge part of both of our lives. Mm. And, I mean, she made such an impact on everyone's lives <laughs> yeah, that she touched. Mad, she was it? just the most... Incredible character. And it's easy to say that when someone's not here anymore, but she really yeah. was a special person. That's the best thing to say, you know. It's so easy. Like, people say that when they're not here, but this person, yeah. It was. Yeah. And also, she died extremely suddenly, yeah. which was, yeah. I mean, beyond a shock for all of us mm. to sort of comprehend and get our heads around. And mm -hmm. it was almost yeah. impossible. I still feel like it's impossible that she's not here. Yeah. It's There's that, um, what's that thing that I don't, I can't remember, someone said it to me. It's like, you, you, you live your life and you kind of pretend they're still there. Because mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I just don't see her today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you like think about her and you're like, oh no, it's just because she's doing something in Australia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and when someone was so 
like bright and vibrant yeah. personality wise you just think you can't not be here yeah. it's too weird and I think you know for anyone that's been through anything like mm. that and and for it to be in shocking circumstances mm. it can't not change you no. how do you think that notion of life is short has impacted you and, and your decision making um so the impact of that in my life has been huge I think it's <laughs> again it sounds cliche it's like changed me forever like I'm not that Jess from before the night that that happened it's mad like I'm still obviously me but I think you just don't see life the same ever again. And I think that's when I really started therapy because it was something that obviously I really needed to like figure out and deal with because of PTSD and all of that stuff. And I think what it really has taught me is like life is about making choices for your own happiness. And that's not selfish. That's actually just doing the right thing. And that person, Lindell, was the one person that always was like, you got to do what your gut feels. And, the, you know, even the last time I was with her, we had the conversation about my whole team and whatever. And, you know, she was like, fuck this, do this, go get this. Da, da, da. And to be honest, all the conversations we had and all the choices she told me to do, I've done them all. Wow. So it's kind of beautiful. But it's it's one of those things where because of like that tragedy and then going through therapy and then kind of coming out the other side. Now I feel like, OK, I got this because what's the worst that could happen? You know, and that, and that's it. Yeah. Been through that, like, come on, <laughs> like, give it to me. Do you know what I mean? You feel like you built this armor now of like, I got this. You know, as hard as it is, um, and like reflecting, it's not easy, but it's like, you know what? I've, I've got this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> it's such a strange, complex thing to look back it on. Is complex, um, yeah. I got. I was speaking to Tom this morning on voice note because there's all these stories that keep coming and mm. sometimes you think oh, is it appropriate to share these memories it's again sort of feeling your way like yeah. is it okay to share this memory today because yeah. I've had all these all these brilliant sort of memories bubble up of mm. your time together but actually one of the memories I was talking to him about was I got so bollocked at the funeral because <laughs> I was in the car park afterwards Why? with a small group of people and because she what she made such an impact on everyone's life right. And all of our stories were so funny. Like all the memories that I have of her were like we were either hysterically laughing or something absolutely bananas yeah. was happening. Mendel. We were like sort of crying but laughing our yeah. heads off. And it was it felt like a very Lindell moment. <laughs> and the guy who was doing the next service came out and was like, guys, can you shut the hell up? We're doing like another funeral. And we were like, oh, my God. Wow. But I was like, again, that is the most Lindell moment. She would have been... Like cracking up with She'd laughter. Probably been like, do one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's mad, isn't it? I know. Yeah, but it's a strange thing, and I don't think you ever really get your head around it. Nah. But I do think, like you just but said, it's a part of the journey. It is, and you you live differently because yeah. of it, and not in a like a bad way. I think it's like it's one of those things that I don't often talk about. Um, but it is one of those things that I can at least look back, and it's like it is so shit that that happened and I wish it never happened, but I can at least kind of like move forward now knowing that it's been like actually my changes in my life and the pluses that are like, that I'm living. Cause she was that person that was like, you have to be you and do you and what's right. And if walking away from that is right and choosing this as your team and going here, like you got to do that. And I think having that voice on my shoulder, regardless of whether it's, you know, she's here or not, it's definitely put me in a place where I'm like, I can be like, thanks. 
<laughs> you know, like you helped, even though you disappeared. But yeah, it's like, but we've all got to live like that, yeah. regardless whatever the situation yeah. that. Life is so short. And like 100%. we all know, even this last few years has been this weird time warp of what is time and what year mm-hmm. are we in and what's going yeah, on. It's mad. We've got to just like grab life yeah. and go for it. I think we all forget and we all get complacent. It's human yeah. nature that 100. we're stuck in the minutiae of life and, mm. oh God, I'm late for this. I've got this big list of things to do. But actually, we've got to grab life mm. and just fucking go for yeah. it. We've got to. Like, that's the thing, I think, as well, over the past few years, obviously, been going, you know, Doing that album, work it. I've been working my ass off to make sure that you know I get this album done. I can't even believe it's like coming up to five years since my last record. Like it's like you say, this time warp. It's mad. But then it's like through that time, I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I make choices now to like go on holiday and take time off. And if my family put that first, or like I don't always prioritize work. Mm. You know, I think that's also something that in this industry is so easy to do. It's like saying yes to everything because you don't want to miss an opportunity. But actually, what is that opportunity and how important is that in comparison to like you living your life and like having, you know, a moment's break or being with your nan or, you know. I think we give ourselves (laughs) such a hard time in choosing to have Mm. time out or switching off even at the weekends and going, I'm not going to think about whatever it is that I'm doing. I think the industry... And there's a lot of industries like this that certainly perpetuate that feeling of I've got to keep on the move. I've got to keep thinking and mulling over things. But actually, we're not going to look back one day and go, I'm so glad that all I did was work and work and work. Like We're going to look back and think of all the little precious memories of like little breaks or like time Mm -hmm. of your nan or time of your family. It's mad, isn't it? Mm. You forget that, though, when you're in it. And I think that's where I get to like Jess and the album and I'm like, yeah, you know what? This has taken time. And when I listen through it, it doesn't feel like an erratic record. <laughs> and I think that's why I like love it so much as well. Mm. So I'm like, oh, you know what? Maybe it's taken a long time because of all these things. But at least I can listen to it and go, you know what? It all makes sense. There's also a song there called Silly Me, which I think <laughs> yeah. is really something that we need out there. And there's a lot of people yeah. at the moment like... We've got Dawn French coming up on the podcast soon, and she's written a book her. called The Twat Files, which is amazing. The Twat what? Twat Files. I thought you said farts. Well, Twat Files. Oh, no, it that? Twat Files. She'd yeah. probably love that. <laughs> no, and know. it's all about the moments where you're just a massive twat, which we yeah. all are all the time. We all make mistakes, oh, and gosh. we've got to reiterate this message that we're human and that there's going to be things that we mm-hmm. look back and think, I wish I hadn't done that, or I wish mm. I hadn't messed up here, whatever. We've all done it. But I, I think know. the margin for error is getting so small and there's no room for any of us to make mistakes anymore. No. And I think that's so unhealthy. It is. It's so unhealthy. And I think, and I'm sure, I don't know whether you have experienced, like the social world, social media world. Oh. And it's like the attack and like just minor error becoming the end of someone's career. And it's like, look, at the end of the day, some things, yeah, okay, you need to... <laughs> lock off and what have you. I just think it's allowing room for people to make a mistake, but then teaching them and going, do you know what? As long as that person, if they've made that mistake, can go and learn from it and actually teach themselves why they made that fuck up or whatever it was, and they can, you know, rectify it in their life moving forward. What's the problem? I agree. Because who who out there can say, I've never made a mistake, so I therefore can judge you on yours? Nobody. Nobody. And it's really dangerous territory for us to get into a space where we're like, everyone's got to get it perfect all the time. Because that's impossible, but it also sets a horrible standard for 
everyone else. And I think that's where we start to internalise shame yeah. and mm-hmm. guilt and really harbour it. And we don't need to. We should nah. be able to go, I fucked up, sorry, yeah. let's move on. Because I think actually the more forgiving, and this is what I think people forget, especially like people keyboard warring, whatever. If we're forgiving of other people, we're going to mm. forgive ourselves more easily, which is a relief. That's a huge I relief. Know. I like love that you brought that up as well, like silly me. When I did that song and I made sure that that was the first song that kind of came out of me and into the world before everything started again, purely for that reason. Because it's like, I felt like that message and I feel like that message is so freaking important. Like, this is me. And oh gosh, like literally silly me because it is like that. You shouldn't be so hard on yourself. You shouldn't be so heavy with it. And it's like, look, I could look back and I've definitely made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, and we I, all have. And like, but I don't look back and think you bad person. You're not an intentionally bad person. You just like were tripping up and like had to learn along the way. And that's why you're here. And I'm probably gonna trip up again. Oh and my again. god. And that's again. the most humbling thing. We're gonna keep doing it forever. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do it again. Yeah. And I think it's like the sooner like we start accepting that and stop creating these big fat boundaries between and like fear. Cause that's what it does. Like it instills like a fear in you. And I think that's another thing, like, just to go back to like Lindell, it's like she was fearless. 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 And I think honestly, like those things that that person surrounded us with. I live it, I really do. And I lo- like what I've done with this record and moving forward with my life. And like, you know, it's like, I have to be fearless, you know, and I have to dive in at the deep end because it's like, if you don't do it now, when are you gonna do it? Yeah. Like, that's the maddest thing. It's like, well, if you don't make that choice now, then it might be too late or you might miss that choice or you, that opportunity or whatever that is. Because then, and then you're like, ah, oh. then you really are like silly me. Yeah, and also, <laughs> no like... one out there can try anything new or do anything without someone saying something. It could be your auntie, or it could be a million people on social media. But there's yeah. always going to be someone yeah. that says, "Oh, I don't know if you should be doing that, or you're not very good at that." So mm. you just got to fuck it all off and, and do then, the thing. Right, You've got to do the thing. Do the thing. Yeah, I life. have to like tell myself this all the time because I'm yeah. constantly wanting to push myself, try new things, do new things. But there is always that fear of, "Oh my god, what will people say? What will people yeah. think?" And we've just got to get rid of that. No, it's mad. Fear. I, I mean, you came off social media for quite some time I and did. took a break from it. Mm-hmm. How was it integrating back into that world, putting yourself back out there in that way? I think for me, um, I came off of it because I really did need a break. Something had happened and I felt incredibly battered, to be honest. I'll just be real. Um, and I was receiving like a lot of negativity and like death threats. And like, it was just, I was like, whoa. I didn't realise it could affect me that much. Like and actually really, like a computer could attack you. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just didn't. I, uh, Yeah, it was crazy. And I think... I was like, right, I need to, re- re- what's the word? Recalibrate. Recalibrate. Um, yeah. And I was like, I don't need to live on this for now. And it's been a journey, but it's been actually a really like good journey to this point. Cause I now like built a really great relationship with it. Social media is one of those things that I think is actually amazing. It allows you to connect with your fans and connect with people, like share your creativity how you want to, like be authentic, be real, but also like keep something for yourself. And I think, that's what I do love about it is that that side. And I think I've got to that point where it's like, 
I give as much as I feel comfortable with and I have a team that support me massively with it all and help me control it because I'm not amazing at it. But it's all led by me, you know, I'll never, nothing ever goes out without me or approved or what have you. But I've built a relationship with it like where I'm like, cool, if I need to come off it, I can come off it. Yeah. And if I want to be on it, I'm on it. And I think that's actually how everyone should be because it can be like life controlling. And I think that's why I remove myself to like have a moment to be like, right, let me live life. Let me do me. Let me like write this album. Let me be like wholesomely like authentic and real and live in the moment. And then when I'm ready, I'll be back. Mm. And I got there. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. good. And that's empowering to yeah. go, I can just step away if this isn't yeah. like feeling good to me. Yeah. If you're not feeling good about it, why yeah. be on it? I think it's we we feel it's such a given that yeah. certainly people in your position that you mm. should be on social media telling mm. us everything. And it's mm-hmm. like actually you're in control of yeah. what you put out there and when and, exactly. and if you feel happy about that. I yeah. mean, it is, how did, because I've certainly been there, yeah. how did it affect you getting bombarded on social media. It's a shitty feeling. I personally <laughs> was in a dark, dark oh, space. Yeah. Other, sh- other shit going, this is years and years ago, yeah. and other stuff going on. Yeah. But I was totally like rock bottom. It, it wasn't just that, but I had a lot of stuff going on. And that just compounded it. And I, I think you do, I certainly lost a sense of who I was what my skill set was, because it's like, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't know how to do it. So I can't conflate what I know with what other people are saying yeah. about me. I've got to stay strong with, no, wait a minute, I've been doing this for years, I know what I'm doing, and finding that confidence again. But like you say, it batters you. It batters. absolutely batters yeah. you. Do you know, the way you just described how you were, I think that was it. It was that I was like, I think when it all happened... Like you say, it wasn't just that. I mean, massively that moment was like, hell no, I don't want to, I couldn't even. But then it was like the components of everything else around it, like the lack of support, the lack of so many different things. And then the like feeling of like, yeah, like who am I? What am I doing? Why is it, why has this happened? Why has that happened? Why am I now looking at like so many different points of my life that felt so, um, what is the word, like out of control? And it was like, and there was no one there. Bar actually, like I'll, I'll never forget actually this day that I woke up because, um, look, I'll talk about it. Basically, I did a podcast and um, it just, something came out unapproved. And I woke up in the morning and um, like all my kind of, like the community was messaging me, like my friends and like someone really close to me, Glyn, um, from Sink the Pink, who, I mean, has been a friend for years. And I had these messages like, are you all right? And all these things. And I was thinking, what do you mean am I all right? Like, I didn't understand what the hell was going on. I, I woke up to just a bombard of, like, love. Really. Horrific. But it's also horrific. Horrific. Because like, I was like, what's going on? Yeah. Why is it? I was like, yeah, I'm great. Like, what's going on? Oh, my gosh. And then I opened my socials and I was like, oh, gosh. And I remember lying in bed and being like, oh, my gosh. And, like, you're helpless. It's like, it's out there, there's no going back. And also it's like, there's no way you can explain yourself in those moments because actually there's nothing to say. And I've learned this only now where I'm like, at that point in time, there was nothing I could say. I'm not going to jump on and be like, no, 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 no. I could Because you know what, at that point it's like, I actually, I remember speaking to Glenn and, um, and just going, just teach me. How how have I offended so many people? Just 
I just need to learn because I'm not gonna like act. I don't want to speak. I don't want to do anything until I actually learn my like position. And um, and he was like, "Cool, I got you." Obviously, he had a complete meltdown. And the people that actually saved me in that whole thing were my two best mates. Mm. So like Jolene and Janae, I just remember the door going at like eight o'clock in the morning, swear down. And I opened the door and they were both there like, Ugh. and I was like, I'm done. Like I genuinely on that day, I think I was already going through it. And I was like, I quit. I quit everything. I was like, at this point in time, I think it got to the afternoon and I was like, I'm done with everything. I was like, I absolutely can't do this anymore. I was like, if this is how life is going to be, I don't want to be doing this as my job. I don't want to be in this. I don't want to work. I, I just couldn't deal. It's like the end of everything. That's what it felt like. Yeah. And it was just like, and that didn't go away quickly. I think it's like, for me, to be like, I don't ever want to do music again. Or I don't ever want to, you know, like to feel that. And I'm sure like you get it where you're like, I don't know who Mate, the hell. I was there. Yeah. I, 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 I don't, I don't wanna, do TV yeah. still now. It's <laughs> I mad, can't do it. it. Yeah. yeah. And it's, I think you get there. Like, yeah. I might get there and go, yeah. oh, I'd quite like to go back and do this and that. But I think you just go, I know what my limits are now. And yeah. I know where I feel comfortable putting exactly. myself and where I don't. I know. I think it's just, do you know what? It's like, I look back and I think, oh, my gosh. Moments happen in life. And I'm like, when I think of, like, those three years of, like, 2021 and 22, I'm like, whoa, soccer punch after soccer punch. Uh, and I'm like... But I don't look at it and I don't want any pity or like I never want people to feel sorry for me because look, people go through shit. It just like, it humbles you though. And I think it really kind of makes, like I feel like a much more kind of loving human being. Like I love everyone. Like everyone I see, and it's mad. Like I, I never, ever, ever want to make anyone feel anything other than loved or feel supported or feel like, hi, you're right. That doesn't cost anything to just be nice. I think like... That's one thing in my life. I'm just like, just be you and be nice. Yeah. You know? But it's, you know, not to um, be reductive about how much work it's taken you to get to that place. Oh, yeah, nah. But that's a really wonderful outcome of some shitty times. Yeah, it's really you do walk around and you're like, <clears throat> I hate everyone. Like, that's yeah, reality. Yeah. Like, well, I, I think mean, you start to lose trust and you yeah. start to just feel like, what's the point in yeah. doing any of this anymore? Yeah. I've I've been there. Like, I yeah. totally hear everything you're saying. Yeah. I've been there where it's I'm mad, like, I'm, I'm done. I don't want to do this. I'm just going to go and yeah. try and find another career route yeah. or something. I don't know. I was totally all over the gaff. Yeah. But I think, you know, you work out the bits that you, you feel like you are mm -hmm. capable of doing yeah. and it changes your mindset and you work out a way to deal with it. But it's, it's so, harsh. hard. Yeah, it's, harsh. it's really hard. And I think for me, like the one thing I genuinely think my therapist saved me, it's mad because like, therapy is one of those things that I've definitely dabbled in my life. But at the point of which I entered that room and met my therapist, I'm like, rah. I actually don't know. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Because I look back and, like, coming into this record, I think, for me, the most important thing is that everyone understands how authentic it is. Because I think it's easy to say, like, oh, I wrote this song and I felt this way. or it, Like, that's not how it is. It's like, look, for me, I'm not the best at expressing my emotions. But when I go in a room with people I feel safe with, the best way in which I do express is when I write. And I think and when I sing and when I feel like I can just talk to a microphone rather than a human being um, because I don't like feeling. Like, that's been my journey. <laughs> mm. um, but it's, like, that's why I'm like... So this album for me, like, and obviously why I've called it Jessica, because it's like, it really wholesomely is that. And it's like, it's been that journey of, like, rah, like, I mean, all these things that have 
gone on and listen not all of it's negative do you know what I mean like it, there's so much positive like the new team like the way that I've just been allowed to be me on this yeah. process it's like Jess man who do you want to work with go do you go figure it out like come back to us and then sitting in a room with people where they're like right this is amazing let's collaborate and let's just like make it even better here's my advice and signing a deal with two women who are so like head of their game and like at the head of the label and it's like Surrounded actually by so many strong women, like that, I think is also such a like amazing part of my journey. So, what part of you felt suppressed or caged prior to this? What's what sort of liberation have you experienced here? You're like, this is what I couldn't do before. This is what I couldn't yeah. say before. I think for me, what it was is that I think I came into it young, I suppose, like youngish. Well, I was young, yeah. I was in my early 20s. Yeah, do you know what? I was, I was, I was actually, I looked back at <laughs> yeah, the was... first live lounge you did with me. Yeah, yeah. When it was, was 2014. Uh, there you go, 10 years. Clean Bandit. There you go. You did a cover of Jungle, Busy Earning, which was so good. I'd forgotten how <laughs> yeah, good it was. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, oh but God, everyone yeah, was like, wow, yeah. who's what's this voice? Oh, yeah. my God. Like, it was a real, it was a beautiful moment having you on. Oh, my God, that's 10 years. Yeah. See what I'm saying? That's crazy. I think... Um, the parts I was holding back, I think I wasn't quite sure, if I'm honest. But I know that it's that, okay, how do I put it? This industry is crazy, right? And I think when you sign a deal and you have success and it's like all go and everyone's just on that wave, it's like stick to what you know, stick to what's working. And I think for me, and especially like my best mate who I've actually worked with since, I, I mean, we've been <laughs> mates since I was 11 and she's my creative director. We're such like, I mean, she's a visionary. Like she's, she like reads my mind. She sees what I wish I could see. And it's amazing. And I think it's that the industry and the pop industry, there's definitely restrictions of like sometimes, I think, of where you can go with it. And I think at times it's like you get these ideas and you want to execute them, but then it's kind of like not everyone understands it. But I've learned that that's all right, actually, because not everyone has that capacity to see it because they don't know that that's... I don't know, like they've not done it before so that it doesn't feel safe to them. But I think for me, what I've learned is like not being safe is the best freaking thing in the world. Actually, like taking risks is what actually has like made me so freaking like inspired and excited and actually done the best work, like written the best songs. Because no one's told me that they want something from me. They've said, go and do you and then let's go back in on it and then let's figure it out. Because like the most important thing is that you're happy, not me, 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 because it's not about anyone else. And not that's not, again, being selfish. It's like, this is your album and it's your story. So go tell your story and then let's, like, then let's go in on it. Whereas before, I don't think it was so much of go tell your story and be free to be you. It was a lot of, like, insecurities around me and a lot of, like, like doubt, which then makes me feel doubtful. So then there's, like, this... Ah, where are we going? But like, are you sure? But they're not sure. But they're like, oh no, we've got to stick to what's right. And it's like, ah, like you don't Horrible. trust. Yeah, you don't trust yourself to just break boundaries. Like, ever since I stepped on the scene, I feel like I've knocked down doors, and I feel like what I've done has never been like the norm. Why would I continue to then change my ways and stick in a cardboard box? So like, that's kind of like a lot of what I've learned, and I'm like. Knock down them doors. Yes. Yeah. Well, I think the audience feel it as well because if they think you're just 
popping out a <laughs> two-minute pop song that's going to do well on radio. They're like, yeah. oh, well, whereas if they're feeling something... That's it. Like, if you... All the people you listed earlier, like Prince, for example, yeah. who did not play by the books nah. ever. I mean, I went and saw him at the Roundhouse, I don't know how many years ago, probably over 10 years ago. He didn't play a single hit. Not one. Same. And everyone was like, play Raspberry Beret. No, mate, I'm doing a jazz he's set. Like, no, thanks yeah, very much. He's so but it was, funny. But it was so know, cool because that gig will stay in my mind forever because it was so unexpected. Yeah. So it's it's the harder route, but it's the better route. Yeah, I think it's just that for me, like when I listen to music, it's all about feeling. Mm. You know, be that like I want to have fun or cry or whatever it is. And I think for me, it's like if my song can make you feel something, and you can like take something away from it, from the message, from the feeling that you've got in your body or your mind or whatever it is. I've done my job. Because yeah. like that to me is like the best gift of anything. Because mm. like when I listen to records, like I know when I listen to like Purple Rain, for example, talking about Prince, right? I just know what mood I have to be in. Because like, if I'm listening to that record, I know that I need to just immerse myself in a moment. Yeah. And then it's like even Beyonce just released that Texas Hold'em, right? I'm like, oh, I needed this. I needed this feeling. I don't know what, I couldn't even explain it to you, but I played it on my people because I needed that feeling. Mm. And it's not like expected. It's like a feeling of like, oh, it's just raw, like country record. I yeah. love it. Prince Purple Rain, I need to be looking out of a window having a cry. You know. But in a really good, healthy yeah. way. Like, I'm getting it all out. I need a minute, yeah. Yeah, I need a little Prince Purple yeah, Rain minute. Exactly. I love that. You're also in a really happy, healthy relationship. Yeah. Do you think you had to get happy and healthy to be in that, or it got you there? Oh, that's a good question. Do you know what? It's a really interesting journey, I think, because I feel like people say to you, don't they, you can't like find that feeling unless you're happy in yourself right and I think for me it has been an like a crazy journey of relationships and I think the work that I've done on myself has actually settled me inside and I think it's allowed me to yeah enter a relationship where I feel like very kind of comfortable and I'm allowed to like and I'm just me but I'm actually like unapologetically me and like that goes for work, for like my even my relationship with my family, with everything. I think every relationship around me has been like got better because of the relationship with myself. And it has allowed me to, yeah, be just like really happy in a new relationship. But it's mad to get there, I think, for me as well, because I think love is a really scary subject in all walks of life. And I think when you've been through trauma and you've been through a lot in your life, I think love is the one thing that you've, well, for me anyway, it's that one thing that I keep at a distance. So I'm like, yeah, it's a nice thing to be able to embrace someone and, and a relationship that feels really genuinely good. Does it help that Alex is in the public eye, that you can actually, you get that side of each other's life and the expectation that comes with that? Do you know what? It's something I'm getting used to. Mm. It's like, you know, for me, like I've always made a conscious decision in my life, right, when I started my career. I was like, it's, I guess it's a conscious decision, but it's like the thing that I love is that I love doing my job and like stepping out there. But then what I do love is that I've managed somehow to keep my personal life to myself because it's so important, right? You get to go home and that's yours. Yeah. And no one has access to that. And... That's something that is like you keep close to your heart. And I think that's something that I've actually enjoyed and like still even now, even though we're both like in this public space, it's like 
But what we have, that's ours. Yeah. And it's actually like, I feel like that's something I will always do because people want so much from you in every, you know, sense of the word. And I think what is beautiful is that you both feel that way and you both got that. And that's something you're going to keep for yourself. And like, it's up to you, isn't it? Like I was reading this book, um, Untamed by... Glennon oh, Doyle. Yeah, Glennon Doyle. Doyle. Yeah, amazing. She's been on here. Has she been on here? Yeah. Oh, we had a great chat. Did you? I love her. I love her. No, but I actually, this book, like... This book is amazing. The cheetah analogy at the start. <sighs> I know. I, it's so spe- Do you know, like, since reading that book, I'm like, you know what? It has, like, like trust, right? I love the thing she, she wrote about trust, and it was, it's up to you who you trust. It is not up to anyone else. If you want to say, like, what, what did she say? Oh, I love the way she wrote it. But basically, it was just like, your trust is yours. And if you want to talk about something, you talk about it. And if you don't, and that's for no one to judge you. Nope. But like, giving your trust to someone, that's your present. I love that. It's like, me trusting you is my present. So if you don't allow me to feel that way, you don't get it. And that's like... Oh, I love that. It's so good. She's really good with like boundaries. Yeah. And but equally, like we just talked about, knocking down doors and going, I don't care that you're trying to put me in this box yeah. or make me something. I am not that. I'm yeah. going to do what I want to do. Like just totally untamed. It's such oh. a clever, clever book. Isn't it's it? Brilliant. And like the way she just talks, like the way she's taught her, like, look, I don't have kids, but I'd love to, if I, when I have children, like teaching the, like the way that she's obviously been through a lot right and then she gets to that point where she's like I'm actually going to leave this marriage and show my kids actually what they should do and that's be brave and being brave is putting yourself first this may be tough and like may break your whatever but I'm breaking you to show you that you shouldn't be boxed in because so much of like being a woman I do believe is that we abide by so many rules because we feel like we have to because it's such an ancient freaking rule and it's like but why Like, if I don't want to be in that relationship or if I don't want to be in that work or if I don't want to do this, I'm entitled to say no. And just because I'm a woman or because I'm, like, seen as, like, a weak... Like, I'm not weak. I'm actually really strong and it's actually empowering. Like, all these decisions, like, that I know I've made have made me feel so much more empowered. And, like, she... Like, I don't know, the way she talks about it, I was like, yeah. She's such a good writer. I can't. She's so so amazing. I I love her. But I think, remembering back to the podcast episode, I think I was, like, quite sycophantic for about the first five minutes because I was just like, I love you. I love you so much. And he talks you amazing. Yeah. You, like, Oh, my God, it it stays with you. Yeah. Not many books do that. It's so clever. It's so clever. I'm so glad you read it as well (laughs) because I think it's... If you're on any kind of hate the word, but I'm going to use it, journey, and you're, like discovering new things about yourself and you're working through like what you want and what you don't want is such a perfect book to read at that time it is, isn't it so good and it's like um you finish that book and there's like a af- well for me it was like an affirmation of like yeah you know what i'm not on the wrong road i'm no. all right you know yeah because like what she's been through like it's just that's what i mean it's like you never know what someone's been through so just be kind isn't it and it's just like keep it moving yeah and love you that. are enough yeah it's the message. Yeah. Oh, Jess, what a joy to talk to you today. Yeah, I've so loved catching up with yeah, you. I'm too. so happy that you're doing so many brilliant things and you're oh, feeling good you. and you've made yeah. all these brilliant decisions. <laughs> and the album is amazing yeah. and I love Enough. I just think it's such an important song for yeah. women to hear. I think it is. It really is. Yeah, and I'm thank you. That. Thank you for being on the oh, podcast. Thanks for having thank me. You. Oh, Jess, I love that chat so much. It felt incredibly raw 
and real and vulnerable. So just thank you for being so thoughtful and really open. Do you know what? You never know if you're going to get a properly honest interview. I don't like to call it an interview. It's a chat at the end of the day, but you don't really know where you're going with the chat sometimes. But Jess was so open-hearted and I think talked about some pretty difficult things and had some really honest self-reflection and also I think it's really good to look at those moments where we get things a bit wrong and to own it and Jess is properly doing that and not many people do so like massive hats off to Jess for that. Jess's new album Jess is out on April the 26th. If you haven't already listened to the Glennon Doyle episode of Happy Place, please do. It's really lovely. And if you get as excited about connecting over books as Jess and I did with Glennon's, come and join us over on the Happy Place Book Club. We're on Instagram at Happy Place Book Club. We're on there as Happy Place 2 at Happy Place Official. So come have a chat. Massive thanks again to Jess, to the producer Anushka Tate at Happy Place Studios and to you. Go on, fuck up a bit. It's all okay. Okay, just jumping in here to let you know that this episode is brought to you in partnership with Comic Relief. Red Nose Day is back on Friday the 15th of March and this year it's time to do something funny for money. Whatever you do this Red Nose Day, make it fun, have a right old laugh and get together to raise some all-important cash. Your donation could help tackle the serious business of providing shelter for those that need it and safe spaces for those in danger, supporting food banks and helping to support families affected by conflict and climate change in the UK and around the world. Please give what you can this Red Nose Day to help to put food on plates and roofs overheads. Keep little ones safe and help support families in crisis. Text PODCAST to 70205 to give £5 today. That's the word PODCAST to 70205 to donate £5. Text cost your donation amount plus your standard network message charge and 100% of your donation will go to Comic Relief, a registered charity. You must be 16 or over and please ask the bill payers' permission. For full terms and conditions, visit comicrelief.com forward slash ACAST.